The 2022 Chicago White Sox season will be regarded as one of the most disappointing and perhaps embarrassing seasons in franchise history. Not only did the team as a whole underperform, but individual numbers were down across the board. Uh, What were some of the best and worst moments of the season? Who was the team MVP and what are the odds makers saying about the next White Sox manager? You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. Uh, We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sox. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast. Uh, just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk White Sox. Locked on White Sox is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, I've got some off-season ideas uh, as we wait for pitchers and catchers to report Uh, What are the odds that Ozzie Guillen is the next White Sox manager? And the Sox season was a bust, and the individual numbers told the story. Your Chicago White Sox, 2022. uh, They, of course, finished the season 81-81, and second place in the AL Central. Finished 11 games back of the AL Central champs the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, We're going to go through uh, White Sox by the numbers. Uh, As a team, of course, 81 and 81. uh, How fitting for the White Sox to be 500 with the up and down season that they had. Uh, Of course, in 2021, White Sox won 93 games. Uh, White Sox 2022 season is being talked about is one of the biggest underachievements in all of baseball this year, if not the uh, biggest. Uh, White Sox this season uh, spent only 11 days in first place. 11. Uh, Last time they saw the top of the AL Central was on April uh, 20th. Uh, At home, uh, Sox were extremely disappointing. Wow. Uh, Sox were 37 and 44 uh, at home this season. Far different from 2021, where they had the one of the best home records in all of the American League, if not baseball. And uh, we were hoping that the Sox would uh, get that home field advantage uh, because of how great they were at home. Such a different story uh, this year. So at home, uh, Sox were 37 and 44 on the road. The White Sox were 44 and 37. Uh, shocking, really. Um, I, I don't get it. You know, numbers offensively were down, of course, at home uh, as they were throughout 
uh, in the entire season, but specifically at home. Uh, those numbers were so low. Uh, very bizarre. First half of the season uh, for the White Sox, of course, up until All-Star break, 46 and 46. Second half of the season, 35 and 35. Uh, these 500 numbers are fascinating. And uh, Chris Kamka from NBC Sports Chicago, he tweeted some numbers out uh, as well just recently about how, just how 500 the Chicago White Sox really were. So when we say it's only fitting that the Sox finished 81 and 81, it's because you look at some of these numbers uh, throughout the entire season, the six month span, uh, and they were just a mediocre team by the numbers. Uh, July was the White Sox uh, best month, uh, 16 and 11. Uh, their worst month was April. Uh, they went eight and 12. Although they started off, uh, they started off pretty hot, like first couple weeks of the season. Some really good baseball was being played aside from that home opener. Uh, but the end of April, eight and twelve. And and this was at this point where there were a lot of folks saying it's still cold. It's the beginning of the season. We don't have Mencada, we don't have Lance Lynn. Uh, just wait, just wait till everybody gets into the groove. And that, of course, never happened. April and May count just as much uh, as August and September. Uh, it's almost, you know, it's so obvious to say that, but but really when we were thinking uh, just a couple weeks ago, man, we have to sweep the Guardians for this tiebreaker. And well, maybe if they played better baseball in April and even May, we wouldn't have been in that situation, but maybe they just couldn't play uh, any better as obviously some of these numbers uh, are galvanizing. Uh, longest winning streak for the Chicago White Sox, six games. Longest losing streak, eight games. And that was coming at the worst possible time. Uh, that eight-game losing streak uh, was started uh, by losing to the Guardians in that game one extra innings heartbreaker. And uh, obviously, things just kind of uh, snowballed from there. Uh, Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu were the only players on the White Sox this season that finished the year hitting over 300. Uh, the Sox did not have a single player uh, that hit 20 home runs or uh, have 100 RBIs. Uh, Andrew Vaughn had 17 home runs and 76 uh, RBIs. Uh, let's talk about some missing time, or maybe I should just say playing time, uh, for the White Sox, their core six. Uh, so we've talked about this, this group. It's been mentioned throughout the season how little time they actually played together. And I think moving forward into the offseason, you're going to see if maybe one, if not two of these folks leave uh, this core. So I, I'm speaking specifically of Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Aloy Jimenez, Yoan Mancada, uh, Jose Abreu, and Yasmani Grandal. Those are the core six. Uh, so uh, Tim Anderson only played in 79 games this season. Uh, Luis Robert, 98 games. Aloy Jimenez, 84 games. Yoan Mancada played in 104 games. Uh, Jose Abreu, the Ironman, 157 games. And Yasmani Grandal, 99 games. Uh, if you want to look at Andrew Vaughn, who I think could move into that into that conversation of core six, 
Uh, Andrew Vaughn played 134 games, uh, and a lion's share of those games were definitely out of his uh, natural position, which is, of course, uh, first base. Lots of familiar names and some not-so-familiar names uh, rumored to be the next White Sox manager. What are the odds makers saying? Uh, more on that in a moment. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting, up-to-the-minute scores uh, for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf, head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Speaking of numbers uh, and odds and such, our friends at Bet Online have some odds out there uh, for next White Sox manager. So we're not dealing with Miguel Cairo. So he's not uh, involved in these odds. You're not going to deal with the interim manager or acting manager, which was, of course, Miguel Cairo since uh, August 30th. So you've got the top, some of the more favorable odds. Bruce Bochy is at the top, uh, 11 to 2 odds. Uh, Ozzie Guillen right behind Bruce Bochy, 13 to 2 odds. And Sandy Alomar Jr. with the exact same odds as Ozzie Guillen, uh, 13 to 2. Now, depending on where you go to get other uh, numbers, uh, this varies, but going with our friends Bet Online, uh, that, that's where we're at with the top three. Uh, you can even throw Carlos Beltran up there, he's in the top four, uh, 15 to 2 odds. Now, some long shots uh, in here. Uh, AJ Hinch is on this list, 20 to one odds. I just, I, I can't believe he's on this list. Uh, I, it, are the Sox going to go back to the Detroit Tigers and say, you know what? A couple of years ago, we kind of wanted AJ Hinch, but we screwed that one up. Uh, do you mind if we try to pry him from you and, and make him our new manager? Uh, who knows? Maybe AJ Hinch will be removed this offseason. I don't know. Uh, Curtis Granderson, I haven't heard this name uh, mentioned. He's on this list, 20 to 1 odds. Eduardo Perez, a lot of folks interested in Eduardo Perez definitely getting an interview. Uh, he's at 20 to 1 odds. Jim Tomey uh, is on this. Another guy that I'm really shocked is on this list. Has zero managerial experience whatsoever, as far as I know. Uh, has definitely been around baseball. I know he's a class act and uh, regarded as a White Sox legend uh, and part of the organization still right now, uh, but uh, he's at 20 to 1 odds. I, I don't see that. Mike Schilt, uh, we talked about him in a few a few episodes ago, uh, was managing the Cardinals for th- four or five seasons. Uh, 2021 was his last year. Uh, there seemed to be Uh, Just a difference of opinions in in regards to how the team should be run. Uh, He's at 20 to 1 odds. And Chris Getz uh, is at 25 to 1 odds. Um, So check out uh, those odds, betonline.net. They have got the, uh, I guess, the White Sox managerial search handicapped. And, and, you know, there's different numbers 
uh, in different sites, but check out our friends at uh, betonline.net. Let's talk a little bit more, uh, some numbers for the White Sox, but individually in terms of players. uh, For the offense, uh, batting average, Jose Abreu was your leader. He hit 304 this season. Uh, Runs, Jose Abreu, also the leader with 85 runs. Home runs, we talked about him. Andrew Vaughn, was your leader at 17 and in such a low number. Do you remember uh, years ago, uh, maybe it wasn't that long ago. It it feels like a a while ago though, especially after this season, the Sox had like four or five guys that had at least 20 home runs. Didn't even get that. uh, Not even one player uh, this season. Stolen base is Tim Anderson who hadn't played. I feel like for the last two months, he led the team with 13 Uh, stolen bases again such a low low number if you think back uh, maybe 10 years ago 15 years ago uh, where that stolen base number was just not something that's a part of baseball uh, these days will the large will the bases when they get a little bit larger uh, will that change next season Uh, we'll see Uh, in terms of Abreu numbers specifically uh, he did play in 157 uh, games Abreu hit 15 home runs this season in 157 games and only had 75 RBIs. Uh, Aside from batting average and on-base percentage, uh, Abreu's numbers fell off dramatically, especially in the home run and RBI department. Uh, Abreu had 30 home runs and 117 RBIs in 2021. So, when people start talking about just let Abreu walk, let him go, let him win with another team, I think some folks might be looking at these power numbers and he's fallen off. Now, did, did, he, did he excel in the hits and batting average and on-base percentage? Absolutely. Did he play you know, in, in the lion's share of the games? Of course. Is he, is he the heart and soul of this White Sox team for the last nine seasons? Absolutely. Uh, but I know a lot of fans are, are, are looking at those power numbers and their decrease uh, with only 15 home runs and 75 uh, RBIs this year. Pitching, you know, it was really all Dylan Cease. He dominated uh, in all categories, uh, had 15 wins, uh, led the team uh, starting pitchers in ERA 2.20 and strikeouts 227. Of course, Liam Hendricks was your saves leader with 37 saves this season. Uh, when it comes to MVP of the team, I think you can make a case for Dylan Cease. Uh, how great was Dylan Cease? I mean, just amazing season, individual games, the streaks he had of uh, only allowing one earned run or, or less uh, in, in a number of games in a row. Uh, Cy Young, you're going to give it to Dylan Cease as well. It reminds me of several years ago when Justin Verlander, I think, uh, not only won the Cy Young, but also the MVP when he was with the Detroit Tigers. Uh, Dylan Cease uh, was one of those guys that, you know, it was must watch uh, when he started a game, um, especially down the stretch there uh, towards the later part of the season where it really looked like he was closing in on that gap for the Cy Young Award. Uh, Biggest surprise there's several different candidates. I think Johnny Cueto. I did not, I honestly didn't think you were going to get much from Johnny Cueto uh, when he was picked up after really the Lance Lynn injury. We realized Lance Lynn wasn't going to be with the ball club for a while. Uh, the Sox went out and got 
uh, Johnny Cueto definitely in the back, you know, back nine of his career, but unbelievable what he gave for the Sox. Kind of ran out of gas maybe a little bit uh, towards the end. His numbers weren't that great the last, you know, three, four starts, uh, but really impressive. Can you imagine where the Sox uh, would have been without uh, Johnny Cueto? I thought Elvis Andrews, I mean, what he gave the Sox when we brought him on board after the uh, Tim Anderson injury, not only defensively at shortstop, but offensively. And, you know, if he really wants to stick around and be a part of this White Sox team in 2023, is willing to change positions, um, you, you got to give him a look. You got to figure out financially what's that going to do. And I know the Sox do not have unlimited money. money. Like, when do they ever really? Um, yeah, but you might have to get creative, find a way to bring back Andrews. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez, I thought, uh, coming out of the bullpen, uh, he was a pleasant surprise. Uh, he has held so many different roles for the White Sox over the last three, four seasons, and I really enjoyed uh, what I saw from Lopez. Uh, disappointments, uh, Grandal is at the top of my list, uh, not only just offensively, but defensively. I wasn't really impressed what you know, what he was able to do for a while there, it just didn't feel like he could catch uh, multiple games in a row until he finally kind of realized, hey, I kind of have to if I want to get into a groove. Um, you know, the power numbers were not there at all, not even close to what he gave us in the second half of 2021. Um, you know, we're stuck with Grandal for, for another year. We, we owe him a lot of money. It's going to be a tough guy to move or simply just cut. But I, I don't know if he gives you... I don't know if he, what he really does for you moving forward. Uh, is this team really better with Yasmani Grandal? This version, no. Now, he has said all the right things about what kind of work he's going to put in in the offseason, and he knows exactly what he needs to do to get back. But, you know, an aging catcher uh, with knee problems, uh, multiple leg surgeries, I, you know, I don't know. He was a, Yasmani Grandal was a disappointment. Uh, Lucas Giolito. Uh, you know, he will say it himself, uh, you know, he was not, I mean, his last start was, was promising. It was a great last start, but overall body of work in 2022, uh, very disappointing. Uh, I was disappointed that Michael Kopech was not able to finish the season. I really wanted to see what he could do in September, but you know, this was his first year in the starting rotation. Uh, there were some there were some positives. We'll talk about that in just a second. But I was personally just disappointed uh, that Kopech wasn't able to stay healthy and finish up the year in the rotation. Uh, and then, of course, the offense as a whole uh, with runners in scoring position, you know, so many different categories. Uh, they were just extremely disappointing. Uh, best moments of the season. Uh, Michael Kopech um, and the Sox beating the Yankees in a doubleheader. Uh, Kopech, that game against the Yankees. I mean, he even had a really great game against the Astros, too. Uh, Dylan Cease's one hitter against the Minnesota Twins. How great was that? Um, and the first two games of the Houston series. It, it was a stretch for me to really think back best moments. And I think as I reflect on this season a little bit more uh, throughout the rest of October and November, I think other moments might come to my mind. But just, you know, top of the top of the brain, uh, you know, these were what I had, uh, you know, came across worst moments uh, going nine and 10 against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, horrible. 
Uh, Tony Larusa hitting Lurie Garcia leadoff and using him in critical moments, uh, especially at the beginning of the season, far too many times. Uh, the defense, uh, two guys out of position uh, pretty much all season. Andrew Vaughn in left field and Gavin Sheets in right field. Uh, defense was just not good, uh, even infield. And uh, yeah, A.J. Pollock had moments in, in center field. Uh, base running, atrocious. I, you know, the, these things are like, if you want to be a good team or just a, an above average team, you know, do the simple things, catch the ball, throw the ball, base running. It just shows you why the Sox 81 and 81, not surprising when you think about all the things that went into that uh, from the defense and the base running, the collapse against the Guardians. Man, that was hyped up uh, at home against the Guardians. Everything is pretty much on the line and you just collapse. And then after that, it just felt like uh, the Sox quit. And then the trade deadline to only get Jake Diekman out of everything. You know, I, that, I thought that was really disappointing. That showed, you know, Rick Hahn at his finest, uh, maybe, you know, at his finest low point uh, to come away with Jake Diekman. Uh, I do have some off season ideas as well as we count down the days until spring training. Uh, more on that in a moment. Uh, so the off season just feels like forever, right? You've got uh, the rest of October, and sure there are other teams, you know, uh, you know, playing. You've got playoff baseball, which could be exciting. Uh, World World Series should wrap up around maybe Halloween, November first. You've got all of November, and you know, anticipating what type of off season moves uh, could be made, uh, and then if winter meetings, and then you've got January. Uh, which is usually a long month, not a lot going on. We used to have Sox Fest to look forward to. Haven't heard anything about that. Uh, that's usually late January. Uh, and then pitchers and catchers will report. So what do you do? Uh, I I am absolutely. I'm a big baseball book re a reader. I you know I've got a pretty healthy collection. A couple books that I would highly recommend. White Sox centric. One is uh, baseball centric. Uh, Vec as in wreck. Uh, fabulous. Uh, biography on uh, Bill Veck, uh, former owner of the White Sox on a couple occasions, uh, the life he led and, and what he did uh, in baseball, outside of baseball. It's a great read. Uh, Chili Dog MVP. I've mentioned this book several times. Uh, came out just recently towards the beginning of this season, uh, highlighting Dick Allen's MVP season of 1972 and really everything that went on in that season. They did some great player profiles. It gives you a lot of history too about the Chicago White Sox as an organization and, and their fight with the Cubs to kind of be the team in the city of Chicago. Great read. A uh, couple just uh, baseball books in general, Wax Pack, Ball Four and MVP Machine. Uh, if you're just looking to, to read about uh, the great game of baseball. Other options, I will say absolutely anything and everything that the fine folks of Last Comiskey uh, have done. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at Last Comiskey. They've got a YouTube uh, channel. I believe it's gone but not forgotten. As, uh, they've highlighted over the last couple of years uh, that great year, 1990, the last year of old Comiskey Park and how fun that White Sox team was as they were in a competition really with the Oakland A's for a majority of that season. They've got some great videos available on uh, on YouTube uh, and on their Twitter page. 
uh, last Comiskey. And then Sox Nerd, if you're if you're on uh, social media, if you're on Twitter, find Sox Nerd. Uh, he has got a wonderful blog, some really interesting stats that he puts out constantly uh, to dig deeper into the White Sox. So you got winter meetings December 4th through the 7th in San Diego. Pitchers and catchers uh, will be reporting around, you know, February 13th or so, and then spring training games starting up in early March. Uh, I am going to take a little bit of time off next week from Lockdown Sacks, uh, Monday, October uh, 10th uh, through the 14th. Uh, however, Lockdown Sacks is a force in the offseason, uh, bringing you, you know, uh, passionate takes, uh, any big news when that breaks. Uh, Locked on Sox is your place to be. Pass this along uh, to other Sox fans in your life. Uh, but really appreciate uh, you being on this journey with me throughout this season. It has been a season we will not forget, uh, unfortunately, for all the wrong reasons. But uh, hope, there is a lot of hope for 2023. Folks, thanks so much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Locked on White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere. You find your podcast. We're on Twitter at Lockdown Socks. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown White Socks your first listen. I'll make your second listen to Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever uh, you get your podcasts. Uh, coming up on the next episode, again, unless there's something big that happens and a new manager is named, I will break in with an episode. But uh, if nothing like that occurs, uh, the next episode, I will dive a little deeper into individual player performances and start looking at, at offseason options. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.